This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. times and no when i did that introduction i'd actually run out of team shirts to use and flags i thought i know what i'll do for a bit of fun i'll put england germany is the final again uh well it was fate it was fate uh how are we all doing welcome along on the day that casper uh, has decided he's going uh we wish him all the best and we will be doing 
a special, hopefully one o'clock tomorrow on Casper. So uh, there'll be no Casper talk in the um, in the chat tonight because uh, we're all going to be talking about the women's Euros. And I've got a special guest with me. She knows how we feel. She's lost to Schmeichel as well in her time. Uh, let's bring her in. Maisie, good evening. How the devil are you? Oh, good evening, Chris. I'm well, thank you. How are you? And we lost a better, cast, uh, better Schmeichel before you mentioned. <laughs> you... you... You, you, what, what was it you were saying about wage structures in Liverpool and Manchester City just before we came live? Don't know. You don't know. No, no. I, won't, I won't rethink it. Um, you, you, you lost the older one. Let's just put it that way. Well, of course he was older. He was his dad, wasn't he? <laughs> but, uh, but there is a. There is, I did put a question in the chat for anybody that's watching it. Um, the. Um, what is your best moment of the Euros? Just fill it in and we'll, we'll have a look at those at the end. Instead. Just write down what your favourite moment of it was. Um, Terry's in. Good afternoon, uh, evening, morning, day, whatever. <laughs> Welcome along. I'm not with it today. Um, and you've, already, you've got a brilliant one, a brilliant favourite moment there, Terry. Cyber leader. I know, yep, yeah, it's Jake's birthday today. He's 12 again, isn't he, or something like that. I was just on his channel, which is why this was supposed to go at start at seven. I did go on his on his channel. His dad sort of said, "Can I just go on and say happy birthday?" And you know me, anything for children in need. You know, I'm there. So he's he's not listening to this. He's doing his own show. Um, Cyberlina says, "Hi, Maisie." Hi. Um, and the, are you on Apple Podcasts? Yes, I am. I'm on all the main podcasts. Um, Basically, Lester Till I Die. If you search that, you should be able to find us on the podcasts. Um, Maisie, first of all, congratulations on the new job. Thank you. You've been there a week as well. Is it, is it going well? Yes, yeah, second week so far. It's going all good. Um, it's definitely a completely different environment in a good way, let's just say. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully you continue to enjoy it. Uh, a big supporter of the women's game. Uh, you're going to be joining us September, mid-September onwards when we do a weekly women's Super League review Mondays at nine. But until then, just tell people where they can find you. Your link is in the chat below, but just tell people where they can find you. Yeah, my YouTube channel is Devils United. I do Manchester United content on there for men and the women's football. Mm. I was, I was waiting for the two underscore one. I'll do that one later on. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got to admire Maisie's underscores. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. She knows what I mean. Right. Let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, and it is the women's Euros. Let me just change the uh, the branding round. Here we go. Oh, we might lose a bit of it. I didn't realise my bottom bit had come up so much, as the actress said to the Archbishop. Um, we do say for the last time, uh, I want to thank freeretro.com. That's the number three. If you want any, not only England like this, retro shirts, football shirts, um, or leisure wear in total, as a England, Premier League club, championship clubs, Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, get on there. They, they ship worldwide. And they've got some really, really good prices. I say that's free retro.com. So, Maisie, I mean, it's home. I mean, well done to the ladies. Um, 
it was so good the fact that you know the men were obviously out working that when Amazon delivered it, the ladies had to take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, ladies. I'm joking. I mean, it was three weeks, and it for me, I had I hadn't really sort of followed women's football up until that point. But to be honest with you, it went too quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the competition was superb. Um, the, the first uh, internationals of the women's I watched was the uh, World Cup, what happened ar- around 2019 time. So right. that was the first time I actually started watching international football. And mm. um, when I look at the squad, what England had for the 2019, and you look at it now, there isn't actually too many changes. Um which is why I you look at that starting eleven what England had against Germany, they had uh, ha- and the the World Cup, nine of their players were under Phil Neville were starting under Phil Neville, wow, who was in that starting eleven. So I look and think the manager for me she was that missing key of what England needed that determination of a manager that winning mentality of of a manager. In, in with two different countries, twelve win in twelve games, twelve wins. It's yeah. just absolutely superb. And um, unreal. I, yeah. I think if we didn't win on uh, Sunday, we wouldn't have never have won it. No, no. I mean, obviously, everything was going in our favour. Um, I mean, we'll, I'm going to ask talk about Serena later because I think she's. An amazing manager. As I just said then, and hi to Jordan and David, welcome along. I was, I was on Jake's channel just wishing him happy birthday before I came on, and he'd got uh, the ex-player um, Jimmy Quinn on. And they were talking about the Euros. And I don't know whether I agree quite with this, but Jimmy was saying, let's put women's team into the FA Cup. And I don't think... It, it is separate, isn't it? And They have their own FA Cup. Exactly, yes, you know. Um... Where's is the Vitality FA Cup and uh, you even get to see some of the championship of the uh, women's game get shown. And uh, I think last season, though, a lot of the women supporters were happy with how the FA Cup was run uh, for the women's game because it was quite... Um, uh, it was quite uneven and... Like we we never used to play at like Wembley. Um, the the RFA Cup final was the begin was the beginning of the following season, and people were saying they wanted the FA Cup just like the men's, but for the women's game. And after all the protest, it worked, and we did. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like I said, I hadn't been a big fan of it. I got into watching this, and. I, I had heard of Ellen White and Lucy Brown. They were the only two that I'd, I, I had um, I had heard of. But we, to me, it just broke down so many barriers. And the fact that obviously it was at home that helped. And again, we'll come on to it later, but there was record attendances. Uh, you know, it, it's got the coverage. And I think finally, women's football is coming out the shadows, quite rightly. And... You know, Leicester, we, we got promoted last season. We, we changed managers and we, we somehow managed to stay in the Premier League. Liverpool have come up this season. But, it's you know, it's got that coverage with Sky. This has all been covered by BBC, so anybody can sort of get on to watch it. It has. This is the time for it now to, 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 to kick on, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, there is definitely more coverage with the women's game compared to two seasons ago because it gets shown on. It used to get shown on the BBC. Um, it still does. So, uh, say for instance, so it'd be like um the daytime, so the twelve o'clock kickoffs. It'd be on BBC, and right. then the late kickoffs would be on Sky for the women's game, right. and um. Ian Wright did touch on something, well, I'll touch on it in just a moment, but two seasons ago with the BBC, it never even used to get shown on BBC One and BBC Two. You used to have to press the red button to watch the women's game. Right. Um, even that was lack of coverage because it never used to get like advertised or you didn't see it saying, oh, we are getting, sh- this is getting shown, this is getting shown. Yeah. So a lot of it used to be missed and... Even as a Manchester United fan, I don't have MUTV, but when you're getting MUTV showing a, a classic game of Manchester United over a live women's game, that mm. really speaks to levels as well of that. It's so much lack of uh, coverage. Yes. Um, the Sky, Sky bought it, Barclays uh, invested into it as well. Um, it did bring up a lot of publicity and as well... Um, but now they've invested in the championship, which is extremely good because half of them are semi-professional players. Mm-hmm. They do also have uh, the FA player, uh, what you can watch the women's game on. And what's good thing about the FA player is you can watch any game on there. If oh, it's right. the championship, WSL, because um, mm-hmm. you probably have noticed even Leicester don't get coverage that much on no. the BBC and Sky, but you'll be able to watch them on there live. Um and as well as that, anybody in any country is able to access that. So if you're living in India, for instance, or you're living in America, you can access it and watch it live through there. That That's really good news because I was wondering about that. Um, yeah. I don't have Sky, but I do have a fire stick. So I'm able to watch the games. You know, let's just let's just say that with a nod and a wink. I wasn't sure whether that would be the same for the women, but it's on the FA player. That's great. And talking of America... Um, Rennie's in. Uh, good afternoon, Rennie. How are you? Welcome along. Terry says here, was listening to an American coach on radio. He was saying American national team, huge following. Local attendances are poor. So just a warning to England, you will need to get more at local games. Yeah. I mean, we, we know it's big in America. I mean, all joking aside, you know, you've only got to go back to Bend It Like Beckham. I don't know if it was a film and everything, but... You know, it's always been bigger in America than anywhere else. And that's, why I suppose, why they're number one in the world. Yeah, uh, they've got some... I think America is a brilliant, brilliant team. Um, I think they're getting on the older side now. So hopefully when it comes to the World Cup next year, um, Mm. or even the World Cup the the next time round, they'll probably potentially work in England's favour and in respect to that because that was who knocked us out of the World Cup last time round. So mm. we're going to want to do better in that respect. But we are playing them in a friendly around September, October time. So that is going to be an interesting one too. Um, yeah. I do definitely agree about the local games. Um, Ian, this is what I'm going to touch on about Ian Wright because he was oh, yeah. very unhappy that Arsenal versus Man City is the first WSL game of the season. It's on Sunday at um, half six. And mm. what um, Ian Wright wasn't happy about is that it's in uh, Arsenal. It's at the Arsenal ground. I don't know if it's at the Emirates or if it's at um, 
uh, I think it's called uh, Meadow something, Meadow something, I think. I can't remember what it's called, the Arsenal, Arsenal Women's Ground, but um, uh, but the thing is, because it's on a half six at night, people aren't going to travel. Like, a man, people who's living in Manchester would be a Man City fan because of the transport, they would not travel to uh, down to watch Arsenal. And they're saying it's poor decisions from the uh, the FA, poor decisions from the uh, WSL because you're not promoting people to want to go to the game. But I suppose you could say that about a lot of the men's games as well. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, we we last season got. I think Liverpool came to Leicester on Boxing Day. There was no way unless they were driving, they could get home. There was absolutely no transport yeah. for them. It, it's for telly, but I suppose telly brings the money in. So I, I get totally get what Ian is saying, but I suppose as it gets bigger, television needs are going to sort of basically take over, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what – I think another thing what they're trying to do, they're trying to work around the men's games because mm. what I notice is that that's when it goes on to Sky. Even more games get shown on Sky when the internationals are on for the men's. Or it'll be on at half six on a Sunday because yes. that'll be when uh, the men's games are on. They don't get shown that late on a Sunday. So it feels like it gets worse around that and then putting on the BBC at 12. So you're not clashing too much into the men's game on BT. Yes. Um, Rene, well, welcome. Welcome. Ra- welcome ra- 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 <laughs> Let me put my teeth in. Uh, welcome, Ravia, to the show. Thanks for joining us. Rene, yeah, I know Casper's left. We're not going to talk Casper in this one. I say one o'clock tomorrow, uh, myself and Ant uh, and possibly even Brad will be doing a special on Casper. Um, and Ravi said he hopes Arsenal gets beaten in that game. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Welcome, I don't know if I said enough there. Uh, evening, guys. Great to see women's football getting more coverage. It is, it is. And a lot of people have said that, well, you know, a lot of people, I'd like to say myself, jumping on the bandwagon. But it's awkward because it, it, it takes something like this to just create that interest, doesn't it? Yeah, the thing is, I know people say stuff like jumping on the bandwagon, but you're not going to know what a game is like unless you watch it. Yeah, exactly, yes. And, you, it, and no matter what, it... Even if you, for instance, what like people because I, I like sporting, people thought I was jumping on the bandwagon because of Cristiano Ronaldo. People mm. are always going to say that you're jumping on the bandwagon over something, but the thing is, especially with how the game is developing, I think it's good to have them fans in, especially knowing this season in particular, there's going to be a, a lot of games actually being played in men's grounds. So uh, mm. You need them kind of fans to uplift the uplift the players, and I think they deserve a good crowd, especially when you've got Man United tickets being sold at six pound per ticket. It, it's not bad at all. No, no, and you've got to um, get yeah, uh, dog. Maze's link is in the chat below. Um, well done on your two thousand, by the way. Um, I mean, I, I I got a thing through from from Leicester the other day. Uh, if it wasn't so far away, I would have definitely had it. A season ticket for Leicester women is forty two pounds. Wow, uh, that's really good. Man United's only three. Uh, how much? Three pound cheaper. Yes, yeah. It, it's. <laughs> I can say if I live local, I mean, yes, I know there's less games, but it's going to get people in. It's going to get people in. 
and that's the thing. But yeah, say congratulations to Doe on his congratulations, uh, Doug. Two two thousand. Um, most of them are Everton fans, of course, but uh, we we won't, we won't go there. Um, so back to back to the women's, as we say. Um, I mean, thirty-one matches over three weeks. For me, it did go much, much, much too quickly. It really did. We had ninety-five goals. That's three. Oh, well, three. Just over three goals a match. Uh, every 29 minutes, there was a goal. Okay, I know, you know, England probably bumped that average up quite a bit on her own. But it was entertaining. You know, it wasn't boring. Um, did we have one nil-nil at the most? I think even if that, it was just such entertaining football. I actually don't think we've had a nil-nil, actually, if, yeah. I, if I'm thinking about it. And the thing is... What you will notice once you do start watching the WSL, it's very, very rare you do see nil-nils mm. um, in the women's game. They always tend to have a goal, if that's going to be a goal with a clean sheet or um, multiple of goals, you'll hardly ever see a clean sheet. I think Man United, oh, I mean, a nil-nil. I think yeah. there was only, out of 20-odd uh, games in the WSL, Man United only had one nil-nil last season. Wow. Wow. So it just um, shows. It does. It definitely does. Um, uh, Terry says the Leicester goalie will uh, make the England squad when fit. Um, it'd be nice to have a another another England player in, in the team. Um, I mean, and this is what I like, again, about, about the game. As you can see there, the goals... They were scored all over. You could not you could not sit down late for a kickoff because you're going to miss a goal. I mean, you know, Finland, you know, with for, for straight from the kickoff, the, the first time the opposition picked the ball out there oh, was when they took it out the net. And uh, and if you look as well at the forty, you know, straight after kickoff as well, forty six to sixty, you just you say you couldn't dare miss it. Yeah, exactly. And. Um... That's the thing, what you like. You like to be in that little bit of suspense. And mm. what I've liked, at least every single team, even the ones you never expected, had attacking kind of football in them. Minus yeah. Belgium. <laughs> I'll say minus Belgium, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying with that. But one, even yeah. Iceland, you could see the attacking sense in them. And yeah. it's good to see because it makes the game so much more interesting. You look and I look at a lot of them before it's 46 uh, did. They've got to have been from nil nils at our time or been down one nil. Because um, yeah. we've seen it before, especially with England scoring straight away after the, in the second half. Yeah. Over, and over says here, and I, I've got to agree with him 100%. Women's football is like men's football without all the cheating, time wasting, negative tactics, and sky high wages and ticket prices. What's not to love? I certainly enjoyed, and I think there was probably only possibly the Germany France semi final. But apart from that, there was no going to ground and trying to get a penalty. You know, there was no rolling over 10 times, you know, a la Klinsmann and diving in the box. If they went down, you knew they were injured, and it was a pleasure to see it. Yeah, it certainly, certainly was. And it's, it's very, very rare that you do see. Uh, like diving, and you do know when there is an injury, uh, when, when someone does fall, you know that it's legit, and that's what I love. Um, I've I always say there's tweaks, and 
I think we've this is the first ever time as well they have been in the women's games, so it mm. shows as well how far off are we from using actual VAR in the WSL. We don't even have goal line technology there, so um, that's going to be a, a, a tough and it's a tough one at times for that as well. There's been goals what should have been allowed, what should have been allowed, what didn't, likewise. But yeah, um, yeah it, it definitely is developing and I do definitely agree with over and over again podcast uh, podcast regarding what the women's game is like um I do look at him what I heard was the lowest wages a, a woman footballer is on in the WSL is 20 grand a year 20 grand a year and that is very very poor part-time people are, are using that uh, is on that wages it, it it's it it's when you compare it to the men's, isn't it? You know, and I mean, you could say, you know, like with tennis, uh, and I'm not being sexist or anything here, but women's tennis, you know, they say, well, we want the same money as men, but men play five sets, women play three, but with football, the women do just exactly the same as the men. I think it will get better the more coverage it gets, and that's, it's got to build, it's, you know, that many years, unfortunately, behind, and I don't mean that negatively, um, but it just is in the progression of the game. And me, personally, in my opinion, I think another thing what will help it grow is if we expanded the league. I think the league is too small. You, you're looking at the likes of Spain and France, who are ahead of us in the women's game, They've got 20 teams in there, so they're playing the same amount of games as the men's. Whereas mm. you're looking at the, the WSL, they're playing over 10 games less a season than what a male footballer would. So um, it, it can, yeah. people say it, it destroys uh, fitness levels because it's like uh, you're playing a couple of games, then you're on international break, then you've got yeah. your winter break, and then it, it just disrupts a lot of things. I mean, do. Leicester, I mean, Leicester City, for example, we own the, the women's team as well. Yeah. But there was Leicester women's and Leicester ladies, so there was a couple of them. Uh, and they are now play at our old training ground, Beaver Drive. Do, do Man United own there, um, the women's team? Uh, yeah, we own our own uh, women's team, but we don't have um, our own stadium. Uh, we actually rent a stadium out. Uh, it's actually a rugby ground. We rent it out. And the Glazers are actually doing a decent thing by actually building a women's stadium as it stands. So, um, you heard it here first. Let me just make a note. So 24 minutes and 41 seconds, the Glazers are doing... <laughs> a decent thing for once. How many uh, years has it taken them? <laughs> well, they actually demolished the England... I mean, they actually demolished the United team in 2005. Yeah. And they brought it back in 2018. I think they probably thought, oh, we can make a bit of a ton off it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, um, VAR I thought was very good. And what I liked was, not every game, but I would say the majority of games, probably 90% of the games, I wasn't talking about the referee. You know? yeah. And that was a big difference. And VAR... I think there was one, I think it was Sweden, might have been Sweden-Portugal, uh, or Holland-Portugal, possibly. And I was I was covering it with Craig, and they showed this, this, it was a goal, had it touched, you know, 
the, the, the defender before it went to the person who was offside, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it, it did seem to take ages, but every time they showed a different angle, me and Craig were coming to a different decision about whether it was or not. But Yeah, but that was Sweden, Portugal, that one, because it was a, it was a, a Costa own goal. Um, yes. It turned out to be, didn't it, from Portugal? Yes, yeah. But the, it, eventually they got it right, and, and that's the main thing. Um, I mean, and, and as well, I've got to be honest with you, as Terry said here, it, and I agree, it took me a while, as it did indeed Terry, to get his head out of thinking of the equivalent male team. Um, so, you know, I was looking at this thinking like, well, you know, Holland are good and Portugal are good and what have you know, because the men's team were, but it is, it is completely, it took me ages to, uh, to try and get that out of my system. But, Suppose you can say that about England now. England men crap, women good. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have had some really sexist comments since I started because I covered as much of the women's as I could, you know, except from obviously the last day when there was two games at the same time. But, and, you know, but I'm saying I would have sooner watched England play Norway over and over again than the England men play Hungary. <laughs> that is not hard, Chris. It's really not, it's not hard. But do you know what I mean? It's just the, just like the whole, you know, it was more entertaining. But um, maybe maybe Serena should uh, should replace Gareth. Who knows? But uh, but just to sort of go through some stats here, uh, goals England top. I mean, twenty two. I mean, we are eight goals more. We're basically the Norway game better <laughs> than Germany. Um, and possession there, we're, we're second to Spain. Uh, Spain had the possession, but you could argue they didn't actually do anything with it when they had it. I, I did find that with, with, with Spain and Belgium a little bit. They had the possession, but they just didn't press with it. Yeah, I th the thing is with Spain, they lost out on their key players. I, I'm yeah. not saying there's any excuses yeah. on that. But no, 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 because, you're quite right. Um, their manager is, how can I say, is the equivalent of Daniel Fark. It is crap. Uh, um, and I, the thing, I don't know if you've seen women Spain fans, like the Spain women fans or mm. Barcelona women fans, but they are yeah. a crazy bunch. They're a crazy bunch. And um, they was going on Twitter meltdowns wanting this guy out. Uh, God. Um, but I think with Spain, they're one of them. They've got fantastic players in there. I think if they had Alexia Putellas, the current Ballon d'Or winner, who's out of an ACL now, if they had yeah. their top goal scorer of Jenny Amoso, I think maybe things could have been a bit different. But the manager was also stubborn in the case of you. You'd rather play a winger up front, who is now Manchester United's winger, um, yeah. <laughs> rather than playing your striker. Yes. What doesn't make sense because she's a she's a brilliant winger, Lucia Garcia, and mm. you've seen it when she's playing on the wings. But the problem is when a winger plays up top, they take one too many touches because that's what a winger does. Yeah, and and with Spain also they like to do a lot of sideward passing and backward passing half the time. I look and think they they look lost. She yeah, really, really was lost. I agree. I agree. They, they, like I say, I was just watching it and there was so much possession. But it's like 
just do something with it, you know. Uh, I mean, Terry says here, uh, as a, an aside, did you notice no yellow card for taking the shelf? I think she got a yellow card. I think she did get booked when she scored yeah, the she did get booked. Yeah, because yeah. the rules have got to be the same for the women's and men's game, haven't they? It's one set of rules. So she did actually get booked. It may not have shown it, uh, but she did She did actually get she booked. She said it was the best yellow card she's ever given. Ever got given. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Who cares? I mean, let's be honest with you. She could have got a red card. She would have been happy, you know. But uh, what I like about these figures is that, you know, you're seeing the... England, I say the first on that, second on the possession. Uh, and then if we go to um, passing accuracy and the total attempts, we're second uh, for both of those. Uh, and, you know, this, you, you can't say that the best team didn't win it. They're literally <laughs> top and they're, they're enough top on every single thing. And mm. looking at the goals in particular, England contributed for nearly 25% of the total goals. So mm. that's nearly a quarter of the total goals England have scored. Um, yeah. In terms of fr France, I've seen France is up there with a lot of stats. And I don't know mm. if you agree on this, Chris, but I think that France even looks lost after the second, after the first game. Even yeah. though they had a talented squad, I think them missing out, missing out on Kakako, who is their top goal scorer as well, got ruled out in, during the Euros and at ACL. That really damaged because she scored two goals, I think, just in the first mm. game. And people thought she was going to be on fire and stuff like that. So I think even stuff like that, it, it, ruined, it ruined France, really. Did I mean, France, that first half that France had, and we're going to go through the groups next, but that first half they had in their first game, five goals, five nil up at half time, the match is over. We know that. And you either go out and you just carry on, um, and you know, as we both both our teams did against Southampton and get, you know, four more, whatever, or you just sit back. And because it's tournament football, I understood them sitting back because they had another game four days later. But they never, for me, got to that point again. And I said I would sooner have actually played France in the final because, again, you know, when they played Germany, they had they had a lot of the possession, but Germany just soaked it up and did what you know we know, you know like the Germans men team can do. Um, so, but yeah, I agree with you. France after that, they didn't excite me at all. They didn't excite me. And uh, if you look at that, I mean Beth Mead. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether did Pop get, and obviously it was a disappointment that Pop missed the final. Did she? Get a share of the golden boot, or no. did it go? It did went it? for Beth Mead because Beth Mead had the most. Uh, it, after the goals, if they had the same amount of goals, it goes then to assist. So, Does how it, many assists yeah. it went uh, in? And I think Pop only had one assist, and Beth Mead had five. So, yes, yeah, as we, as we can see there. I mean, Beth Mead played the tournament as well. Um, just before we get on to the groups, did you? I mean, Ellen White, I suppose she's like the Harry Kane of women's football for England, isn't she? I mean, she won't be disappointed that she didn't... Well, would she be disappointed if she didn't score? I mean, yes, you know, we won it, but she came close so many times. But just being on the pitch, you know, you could, there's an argument for saying maybe Russo should have started over her because she was more in form. But then, see, when you put Ellen White on, she's going to get at least two defenders follow her everywhere. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, I think Ellen White scored one goal the whole tournament. And I think... 
she is a bit like Harry. I do say she's a bit like Harry Kane in that respect because she is England's top goal scorer and you are mm-hmm. going to want your top goal scorer to be there. And I was one of them who I would always back my own player on Russo to say mm-hmm. she needs to be starting over Ellen White. She's uh, been uh, this has been Russo's best season. She should be she should be starting Ellen White as arguably for me been the worst season she's ever had at Manchester City. She she got dropped for their backup striker of um wow. uh, Bunny Shaw. That was how poor she's been this season. And the fact she was coming on in the Euros and she was starting, even I was like, well, why is she starting? But I think mm. Russo when she started. She hasn't made the impact as she has coming off the bench. And the differences between Ellen White and Russo is that Russo is so much better when she's got space. And that wouldn't have worked against Germany. That wouldn't have worked against Spain either Mm. um, coming on. Whereas Ellen White, you've seen that she's quite good in them tight spaces, no matter how many defenders she does have um, around her. Yeah, I I agree. when we well, let's go through the groups. Group Group A, which of course England were in, um, we obviously uh, topped that. Um, Austria. For me, I was surprised. I I had Norway going through for that group mm-hmm. um, with England, uh, and I think yes, we beat Austria one 0 and I was kind of sat there. And I'm, I'm going to lie to you. I was I was a little bit disappointed, if anything, because. We just beat Netherlands in the pre, you know, pre-tournament game five-one, I think, having gone one-nil down, and they were the, the the reigning Euro champions. And I thought, wow, you know, this is going to be. It. And I'm thinking one-nil, but then in fairness, Austria did make it all the way to the semis last time out. But then we just went, and for me, the game of this group was the England-Norway game. We put that marker oh, yeah. down, didn't we? We certainly did. I completely agree with that. And Norway, for me, was very, very disappointing. Um, I actually had Norway to win the group on my predictions. I expected Norway to be a whole lot better, especially knowing that Ada Hegerberg was coming back at first tournament Mm. uh, as she quit international football for a bit. I've said for months that never write off Austria because as much as Austria don't score many goals... They were a bit like Sheffield United when they first came up in the Premier League. Didn't score many goals, but they've got a terrific defence on them. And they've got a world-class goalkeeper in Zinsberg. So, yeah, um, I mean, you can see there, I mean, they only scored three, but they only let one in. Exactly. And (laughs) you need, of course, you need that bit of balance. But I think... if you was going to obviously favor, if some people favoritize the defense more, and uh, you always, I always say that uh, goals win your points, but yeah. defenses win your titles, and yes, yeah. and that's a good thing from Austria to favoritize defense because I don't really know what they like. Up f- I I don't know the players up front personally, like what they like, so I couldn't say how good they were, but I know no. the defense a lot better, and they've got brilliant defense. And let's have a word for Northern Ireland because they were plucky, I think is the word. I mean, they've not been professional. I believe um, Louise was telling me they've only been professional since January. Uh, getting to the tournament was their big thing, wasn't it? You know, they they were. Uh, it would have been nice for the fairy tale to continue, maybe them go through, but their time will come, I'm sure. But 
it was it was great to see that, wasn't it? It was great to see them there. And uh, as I said, for me, I think getting to the final was their finals, if you like. Yeah, it was their first ever tournament. Uh, Northern Ireland on international, they've got semi-professional players. Their mm. Northern Ireland's goalkeeper played for a university team. That uh, I, I think they've only got like out of the whole um, team they brought through to the Euros, they've only got three or four professional players, and the rest are semi-pro. And I think the one who plays at the best club is Liverpool and Durham. So you look at that and think a newly promoted Liverpool in a championship Durham is the best players you've got and the rest are semi-professional. So the fact that you managed to um, be better than the likes of Scotland, for instance, who is a a much higher ranked team um, to get through to the Euros just really speaks levels on Northern Ireland. and And it just also shows as well, it doesn't matter if you play professional football, if you play semi-professional football, if you work hard, you can get it. And that's exactly what Northern Ireland done. Yes. And, I mean, again, just to go back to that 8-0, um, I think I don't think there's been a... I think that's a record in an actual finals. You just... You get that sort of result, don't you? I mean, we saw England put 20 past... Was it Latvia or, or, or something? Yeah. yeah. And you don't expect an 8-0 at this stage. And I think we just sat there and saw them <laughs> taking it in and taking it in and taking it in. And like I say, it was very, very much was my game of that group. Uh, but I think thing. as well, I just wanted to touch on a bit about that Latvia game. A lot yeah. of people, in a way, thought uh, women's football was a bit of a joke because England put, put 20 away against Latvia and people didn't see it as a, a saviour's game. And they just thought, Oh, right. And they even wrote off England and say, well, could you do it against a big team? But we can do it against a big team. Yes. We've done it in Sweden at a tournament level. We've yes. done it against Netherlands uh, before, the city, before the tournament started. Yes. We're still battering teams. It doesn't matter who you played against. We even beat Germany 3-1 and won the Arnold Clark Cup against them. So we mm. can beat any team what's in front of us because we work hard as a team. But I just think that Latvia game, even though we've done terrific, it done more harm than good. It did, but I think if you also look at the men's game, and I know you shouldn't really say com- compare, but if you go back 10 years in the men's game, probably even 15, we were putting 10 past San Marino. And But no one said <laughs> anything about that. No, no, they didn't, but... We know now put ten past San Marino. You know what I mean? Now we if we get three or four, that's it. And I think again, as the women's game progresses, we will see less and less of these twenty nil games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I completely agree. Once you have that more investment, once you see, um, I'm not saying uh, like managers are bad in the women's league, but when you see uh, a lot more. Um, experience off managers as well because you're getting some of these who have never been a coach and they're just an assist they've been an assistant or they've just coached uh, the unders or something coming a first team manager or just coming straight out of university and becoming a manager so that doesn't really help either and then we move on to group group b which to me was probably a bit of a disappointment to be honest with you with the names in there i've got to sort of give a shout out here everybody knows i love i love the finnish women team purely for their home shirt 
and we're waiting for the, the things to finish and hopefully they do a t-shirt the same for me england should be playing in a white shirt with a red cross on it that, that's how it should be i love that i wanted them to, i wanted them to go further just because of the shirt which i know is very sad but um i'm a very sad person um but i mean we're saying before about early goals finland against spain first game in the group they, was it the literally i don't think a minute was on the clock Mhm, mhm. That's correct as well. Um, I think it's a bit of a shame for Sweden because they had Denmark, who was in the um Euro final the last time round. They had yeah. Spain, who was the favourites, and yeah. then they had Germany, who's a rebuilding team. So I really did feel for, sorry for Sweden. It was their group of death. Finland, yeah, yeah, Finland, yeah. Y- yes, yeah, I, it was. Um, uh, when you look at the stats, uh, you know, you, I think you always knew that they were going to be the, uh, the, the, the the sort of wooden spoon. But I can't really, to be honest with you, even come up with a exciting game from that sort of group. It was sort of just just what we expected. You but know, what... I even felt sorry for Denmark. Mm. I mean, they started off, didn't they, with the four 0 loss to Germany. Um, they only beat Finland by the 1-0 and then they lost again 1-0 to Spain and Spain just seemed to labour in that group and they didn't change or get any better the further it went on. Like I said, they had all the possession and played this nice football but just no end product. Yeah, exactly and that's down to managers' tactics if you ask me to be fairly honest because you just can't drop players who you desperately need, who you're lacking upon. So you, you blame on balls of the manager. And when you are in that kind of group, you can get away with it a little bit because you've got a couple of opportunities. But he didn't even fix up when it came to um, England. So, But I think it was very underwhelming because even Germany was wrote off by a lot of people saying Germany's not good, Germany's not good enough. And I actually predicted Germany. I actually predicted the same group to go for the same group what we've got right in front of us. So yeah. I, I thought Germany's a brilliant Jenna pressing team, which we've obviously seen. And I, yeah. I, I had a feeling that it was just I, I thought Spain would have done a whole lot better. I was extremely disappointed doing them. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. I agree totally. And then group C, um he says if it will move on. There we go. The aforementioned Sweden. Uh, Netherlands, Switzerland, and Portugal. It was all totally one way here. <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, you look at that seven and seven points for the top two, one for the bottom two. But that first game, it, Switzerland, I mean, 2 0 up at half time, were in control, and then they just switched off for the second half. It was literally, you know, when they say a game of two halves, mm-hmm. that was the game of two halves for me. Yeah, and um, you know what? Portugal was so unlucky to not get three points out of that game. They really mm. was so unlucky. Yeah. That was the second time Portugal was ever in the Euros as well because it was in it the last time round. So uh, they're only a fairly newish team. They haven't got that much tournament experience. So for them to get in is great. Um, I just felt sorry for them. It was the defence for me what really ruined Portugal. Mm. Um. If they their defense was a little bit more tighter, um, yes. especially against Switzerland, uh, they could have got a, they could have either finished um, third to second because that group for me, in my opinion, is that 
it was the most exciting group because it came to the final game of the groups to decide who was finishing second. Yeah, I, I mean, I I just couldn't believe the, the defending of Portugal. And we'll come on to that with the last game because the last game, obviously both of them were played at night at the same time. And I was actually doing a watch-along with Craig. Like I said earlier, we went for the Sweden-Portugal game because we thought, yeah, this you know that's going to be the more exciting one. And it was just one-way traffic. Well, get me wrong, did Portugal just make it? Were, were Russia thrown out? Or am I making that up? That is correct. So, oh, right. uh, Russia was knocked out because of what, what happened. Um, it went about that um, it could have been either Scotland or Portugal to go through. Scotland based off the highest ranked team, who's not in the Euros, and Portugal because they finished second because they lost in the... Um, the uh, Playoffs. The playoff final. Um, yeah. out of merit, Portugal got through because they should have realistically gone through because of that. Yeah, no, 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 I had the right decision there. But we were watching that game, and I'll be honest with you, it was like watching Leicester from last season because every time Sweden got a free kick or they got a, a corner, Portugal conceded. You know, you could see, you could see it happening. They had this zonal defending, but... I saw a Portuguese defender in a zone with two Swedish players behind her. Nobody picking them up at all. The mm-hmm. cross, cross, the, the corner came in and just jumped up and scored the goal. I'm like, wow, you know. And, and at four so nil, at four nil, we thought, like, oh come on, you know, I'm, I'm going to swap over at half time. And we did. We actually swapped over to the Switzerland game. And as soon as we switched over, Netherlands went one nil up. Switzerland got it back, and then the last five odd minutes and, and into uh, injury time or stoppage time, I've never seen so many goals scored that late since Leicester played Tottenham last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't watch the Netherlands Switzerland game because I watched the Portugal game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, did you go to the Portugal game? No. Oh, right, you are no. Well, like I, I say, went well, to Sweden. Uh, I went to Sweden versus. Um, oh, who did they play in the group? No, I, they played. It, it was a knockout game. Uh, Sweden versus Belgium, and I went to the Netherlands game ah, right. as well. No, as I say, we 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 were covering it, and I just said, I said to Craig, I went, "Come on!" I said the other game's nil nil. That's got a little bit more riding on it now. So I say we swapped that. But at last. I can say when when Leicester let those two goals in against Spurs in the ninety fourth and ninety fifth minute, it was just the same as uh, uh, the Switzerland just capitulated in that. So to me, that was the best game of of, of that group. Um, then the final group, Group D, France and Belgium making it through. And you, as you said there, you thought Iceland were unlucky. Yeah, I do because they was the only team in history. To be unbeaten in the groups and not go through, mm. and it's a sh- it's a shame, really. Um, just like um, Finland, I think they was in a losing situation with the group they're in because you look at that before the group happened, you think France, Italy, easily, you, you yeah. really do because the team that Italy has have got winners in Italy, so you expect them a lot better and. Looking at Italy, I think there was the most disappointing team in the Euros. 
I would agree with you. I would totally agree with you. I mean, that Italy nil, Belgium won. I mean, Italy had so much of the first half. It was it was just one-way traffic. And the second half kicked off. Belgium scored. <laughs> I was at that game. Well, you, oh, God. How did you stay awake? I, I was... I, I went to the... And do you know what really didn't help? It was that... Uh, it, I don't know if you knew about the heat wave. I don't know if it was it was where you are, but it was 42 degrees as well when that game was on. Wow. 42 yeah. degrees. And I felt... I, I was going to do a vlog on it as well, and I thought, I can't even speak. That was <laughs> uh, that was how bad it was. And then the game was enough to set you to sleep as it was. But... Yeah. I, I actually got the Belgian goal on camera, and I've got it. I saw up. that. Yes, yes, I did see that. Uh, that was a that was a that was a good one. But yeah, it, it just I say Italy for me, like I say, were were disappointing. But um, uh, I suppose, like I say, the France Italy first half was the best, which was the you know the second second game. But I'd say at half time, France I think just peaked in that game, and after that, they just sort of. It was almost like they just did what they had to do. It was like they burnt themselves out far too quickly. Mm. Even when they played against Belgium, they wasn't convincing. And I could even argue, should that have been a draw? Yeah. Because if you look, uh, if you if that was a draw, two points dropped, that would have been a lot more open than. I know we probably it would have stayed the same, but it would have been a lot yeah. more open and could have had a bit more fight from. Iceland and Italy potentially. Yes. And of course, then it was straight into the quarterfinals. Um, I mean, England, I mean, I, I was, that was the one game I was actually worried about England in because I said, if Spain get a goal, I don't think I could see us scoring at the time. And I've got to be honest with you, and I said, we'll come on to Serena. That Serena Vegorn has got more balls than most English male managers or Premier League managers. Because she took there and she took Ellen White off. Yep. And she took Beth, was it Beth Mead off? Yep, she and, took Frank Kirby off and yeah. she took Rachel Daly off as well. And you're like, wow. Could you see Southgate doing that with, with like Kane and stuff? And I did that. And Lou was saying that is one thing. She is not afraid to make the big decisions. And my God, she made the right decisions. I mean, <laughs> Ella Toon's goal was good, but Georgia Stanway, if if that was if that had been Ronaldo or Messi or or, or, or Harry Kane, they'd be talking about that for 12 months. Probably, but Russo's got a lot of publicity who I was happy about. I know we'll touch on that a bit sooner, but Toonie on fire. Da, 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 <laughs> on fire. That was literally what we sang us Man United women fans all season because Ella Toons on such good form. You could just say yeah. the, the crowd, Toonie on fire. Da, 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 Toonie on fire. You just hear it for about five minutes, but Georgia Stanway, it was a terrific goal. Mm. Um, I, I do have a, a mixture of views on Georgia Stanway, I must be honest. Um, but I think once Spain scored, they switched themselves off. And when it did come to the extra time, unlike Serena, they didn't have a game plan of what they yeah. wanted to do. They didn't have that time management, what England had. And we had the fresh legs there of um, 
for, for instance, Alex Greenwood, who I consider probably our best set-piece taker and mm-hmm. our best corner kick taker, as much as I don't like her because she betrayed Man United, um, she's still the best at that. She's still the best at that. She's had a, a terrific season. I'm yeah. surprised, though, that um, Rachel Daly was able to keep her out because Rachel Daly, she plays in America and America hadn't mm-hmm. played for a few months at that point. So I was surprised that she took a, a informed uh, was playing an informed player mm. to have a player who had the best ever season and kept on the bench. So it really shown what Rachel Daly was doing in training. Yeah, and I think the next two probably went to form: Germany beating Austria two 0 Sweden, thank God, beating Belgium one <laughs> nil. I don't think I could have watched Belgium go any further in this competition. Um, but France, Netherlands. I mean, it was a penalty that 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 sort of. I suppose it, I think it was a penalty, wasn't it? I think it was a mixture. If you want me to be honest, because I think if that was on like the 60th minute of normal time, I don't think that would have been given. But right. it was based off the timing of it. I think knowing it was an extra time, knowing that uh, that it's all as a play for, knowing that it's the knockouts, blah 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 blah. I think that's why the goal it was given because I look at it from different ways and I think it was a penalty and it's not, but I think it was more based on the, the timing of it, but it was a well-taken penalty by Eve. It was the pressure. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, the pressure was on and, and she delivered, you know. Um, and then, of course, we are through to the semis. Now, the thing that impressed me was that you've got the four... Group winners in the semis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, really, it just shows, you know, the, really, the four best teams made it made it that far. Uh, I did not see 4-0 against Sweden. I really, really didn't. Um, I mean, it was probably the Spain game that actually made me think, you know what, we could actually win this. <laughs> because, we've, we, you know, we were the one team that had really come back from being behind of the sort of ones that were left. But this game, like Sweden, number two in the world, second only to America, you're thinking they're going to give us some. Now, when we watched it, Lou said she didn't think it, it, that Sweden deserved the 4-0. But I think... I think I think it was it was a, a decent you know I think it it summed the game up that result. Yeah, I think England were outstanding, but I think the thing is with England, it took them the twenty to thirty minutes to get into the game, and because of that, I was very very sick. I, I had the thoughts in my mind England was going to go all the way, and um, I say I say it to people all the time, it's coming home about England and it annoys people, but I'm not yeah. bothered, but. Um, I think, for me, I think if Sweden put their chances away a bit more because they do have a world-class striker in Blackstinius and they've got a, a world-class number 10 in Asalana, if they was a, if they was able, for instance, to put the ball in the back of the net, I think it would have been a different story. I don't think four goals would have been scored off England, but no. I think once the goal was scored against England uh, by Beth Mead, I think... We, we Sweden crumbled and I think they lost that confidence and that's why we were able to exploit them. 
excuse me, I've got hiccups. <laughs> we never get them at the right. No good time, do you? Yes, hold my breath. If you see me, if you see me go and collapse, you know I hold it too long. Um, and then, of course, Germany, France. Uh, I think that was a fair result for that game. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I actually think that was the game Germany looked the most vulnerable in. Um, because I think no one expected France to get that goal, and knowing that it was an own goal as well. Yeah. I, I think Germany... They was giving the ball away a little bit cheaply because we knew France likes possession as well. So I think that was the time where we seen Germany at the most vulnerable in the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, because they went, uh, they'd gone 1 0 up, hadn't they? And then Mugul scored, and then um, they obviously got, oh no, I'm looking at the wrong, <laughs> totally the wrong game there. Frome um, <laughs> scored, uh, they got the own goal in the 44th minute. Uh, which basically got it back to 1-1 one, one at half-time. And then, is it Poop Pop? Is, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. I'll say Pop. It's got to be Pop, hasn't it? Yeah, Pop, 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 Pop. She's oh. popping about. I, but, I, I, I was calling the Poop all, 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 all game, all, all, all tournament. Pop's the um, cup. Yeah. But she's great. And the fact that it was a first-ever tournament because she's been ruled out due to injuries and stuff like that, mm. um, I think... I think um, it was just a shame for her that she got injured during the warm-up. Not a shame for us and as no. uh, England as a team, because I think it would have been a different story. But uh, it's a shame for her, because it, especially when you've done so well. And, yeah. yeah. I, I must admit, and coming on to the final now, I, I think, you know, it's the sort of thing we look at that and thought, and it, it's a bit awful, but I, I think most, a lot of people are sat there going like, yes. You know, because she was injured. I mean, it does throw the whole game plan out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really does. It does. And um, they did have their striker back who had COVID, um, but you could tell she was lacking that bit of match fitness, in my opinion. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, again, um, one nil up, we then let it slip. Um I mean, again, it was a, it was a good goal, but I mean, the the scrambled goal at the end. I mean, it was like it was one of those like you didn't care how it went in. I mean, you know, she she missed the first attempt totally, uh, but credit to her because how often have we seen that happen? And you think, oh, that's it, I've missed the chance. She just had another go and, and literally, you know, just poked it over the line. But it was mad scenes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it really, really was. Um, there's a person who watches my channel called I Like Coffee. He actually predicted Chloe Kelly to score the winning goal. Um, and he predicted a 2-1, believe it or not. Uh, clever, clever man. But I think Chloe Kelly, um, she is an outstanding player and she's recently come back off an injury herself. She only played five games before she came to the England squad and she yeah. was out for over a year. So for her to have... Um, being good form for a club, Manchester City, to come into the Euros, not really have the impact she probably most likely wanted to because mm. when she's came on as a sub, we haven't seen the best of Chloe Kelly, but under the same breath, you wouldn't drop Beth Mead either or Lauren Hemp for her. No. So she was in a bit of a losing situation, but 
I think this is going to really boost her confidence of getting this winning goal because it'll be her who will go down in history as the person who won England's first major trophy since 1966. Yes, totally, totally agree. Uh, just now before we do the final few things, just to go back on uh, Terry's favourite moments, he said, seeing the German sour faces that had to walk through our victory tunnel of English <laughs> girls. Oh, you're, you're, you're nasty, Terry, you're nasty. I, but I like it. I <laughs> where you're coming from. Um, and uh, he said another one here... Um, my other best moment was um, the German girl got the young player of the tournament trophy. Her face more or less said, I didn't really want this consolation prize. Um, and he says here, the final, the Ukrainian referee, um, not the best of tournament, but one of the two decisions on the hard German tackling. The Germans were okay to do it, but England penalties penalised for the same kind of tackle. For me, like I said, I think... Yes, she wasn't the best referee we'd seen during the tournament. Excuse the seagulls going past. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shut up, mother. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she's dead. She won't know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I think because the, 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 let's face it, we always say the referee has a good, has a good game if you're not talking about them. And there were so many more games where we weren't talking about the referee. And I think that I, I just let's say it was disappointing, but at the end of the at the end of the day, we won, you know. Yeah, I think the ref could have been a lot better. Um there was times where she even annoyed the life out of me, but um I'm not gonna hold too much against her because we won, so mm. it's come on. It has exactly, exactly. And you know, I was sat there going, like, come on, just remember who's helping your country here. <laughs> give, us, give us a free kick. She was, she was a bit whistle happy, wasn't she? Really, but uh, but like you say, at the end of the day, who who really really cares? Cares, uh, Lucy. That's a good question from Ravi because we we're saying about. I know you've answered it in the chat, but uh, how long has Lucy Bronze got left in an England shirt? And you said, how old is she? Because 30. 30. And you think she's got another two tournaments in her? Yeah, I do. I think with Lucy Bronze, she's one of the best fullbacks in the game. Mm. I think she's absolutely outstanding and she's brilliant. She's one of them what you would like in a fullback in terms of she's brilliant defensively and brilliant at going forward, a lot better going forward. And I think now she's going to Spain getting a lot of game time as well, that will only help her a lot better in yeah. her favour. She's already basically won, every, won everything as it is. So um, I think she's just wanting to go different countries, start, uh, style it out. World Cup's next year anyway. And then the, and then the Euros is going to be in three years' time from now uh, yeah. because they delayed it by one year due to COVID. So yeah. I think she's going to make it till she's about 34, 35. If Jill right. Scott can make it till that age, so she, so can mm. she. Elizabeth, <laughs> the same, the same question about Ellen White, and it's because only because those are the two names that I knew from you know a while ago, and I'm like, oh, they're still playing, you know. Has Ellen White got any more tournaments in there? I think probably just this World Cup, or the next World Cup. To be honest, um, right. she's 33 now, and for me, she isn't the Ellen White what we've seen in the past, and. 
Beth mm. England, who we, you obviously didn't see much out of, um, or you didn't see anything out of in the tournament, and Russo, they're the ones who's going to succeed her. And we have there's no two better strikers than them two to succeed, Ellen mm. White. I just think that there has been times with Ellen White, especially the amount of times she's offside. Uh, I think some for me, sometimes she isolates the play with how she plays. Mm. So I think we need to look forward. Not obviously not for this World Cup coming ahead, and uh, not for this World Cup coming ahead, but for the the next five year plan for me, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I, mean, I did say, I mean, to me, Ellen White is very, very much like a Jamie Vardy. You know, even if Jamie Vardy's not scoring, you put him on the pitch because it will it will occupy two defenders, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, 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 we can't not say that the effect that this woman has had on on on, on the team, I mean, you know, three, three semifinals, is it on a trot? We've been in and we've lost. Uh, the last time we were in a final, we lost. Um, Phil Neville, let's be honest with you, you, you never quite thought he was the right man for the job, but she's come from the Netherlands. Um, and like I can say, she's not scared to make the big decisions. All right, I'm you gonna, yeah, I'm gonna tell you a funny fact before we talk about Serena. We got <laughs> Serena in, she's Dutch, the Netherlands brought in a manager, is English. How strange is that? Yeah, but who got the better deal? <laughs> well, obviously us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know, I mean, you may not you know this. I mean, was there a reason she, she did she just want like the new challenge after winning it with uh, Holland? Yeah, I think so. To be honest, she is definitely a, a brilliant tournament manager, and mm. the thing is, Serena has done basically everything. She's she started off being a PE teacher. That and she's been from being a PE teacher to being an assistant manager to the Netherlands, then becoming an assistant manager for club, and then that's when she become a proper manager for the Netherlands. So, um, she's built a way up. And she's learned everything from how she can to become the manager she is, and yeah. I think she's absolutely outstanding. She isn't afraid. She's ruthless. Um. She learned, a tr- yeah, that's correct. She did learn a trade in America. Um, and for me, we're so lucky to have her. She yeah. said when she joined England, I have come to England to win trophies, and only a winner will speak like that. Yeah. She, um, yeah. she got Netherlands to their first uh, European trophy, the Euros. Mm. She uh, got them to a World Cup final, which uh, they lost to with America, and then she come to England. She's won. She won us the Arnold Clark Cup. She's won us the Euro. So she's won us two trophies in two years. Yeah, I, I mean, like I say, I just can't speak, you know, too highly of her. Um, she never. She's not one for showing her emotions, though, is she? I don't think I actually saw a smile. I think the first time I saw a smile was when the final the whistle went in the final and we'd won it and she was having to get out of the way as a senior player just sort of descended towards her. Uh, she's smiling there, obviously, with the trophy. And I must admit, call me old sentimental if you would, but when when we lifted that, there was a there was a tear in my eye. I mean it it it, it is great. And what I love about this, as we've said so many times, is the fact that you know the BBC got behind it and covered it. Um, 
I think there was only one game that you couldn't get on one of the channels that was obviously on the red button. Uh, and we had this time and time again. Amazing. I mean, you probably don't know, you probably won't be able to see this, but, and, and I have sort of <laughs> blocked out the last one there, but there's the 10 highest ever um, attendances at women's football Euros. And seven of them are from this tournament. And do you know that to- that uh, attendance for the final? The, uh, this that was the highest for the men and the women's ever. Yes, yes, eighty-seven thousand one hundred ninety-two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think it just shows that we have been behind on the game, and you you get them petty people who say, "Well, it's because tickets are cheap." If you want to go to a game, you will go to a game and pay for yeah. it. It doesn't matter yes. on the ticket price. Why does England men get so there's so many people if it's so expensive? And the same thing if you was going to watch club football for the men's, why would you? Why would people go if they think it, if, they, if they couldn't afford it? And you still get easily sixty thousand people for club and country watching yeah. fo- watching football live at the ground. So yeah, um, um, I don't think it's nothing to do with ticket prices. I think it's yeah. just more that people are taking an interest. If you're not, if you're not, you know, if I said to you, Maisie, I have got a ticket for you to the Crown Green Goals, Crown Green Bowls final. It's only a fiver. You wouldn't go, would you? <laughs> because you don't. Well, I don't know. You might be a big crown, crown green bowls fan. I don't know. But like you say, whatever the price, if you don't want to watch something, you don't want to. No, exactly. Um, exactly. What it's just like you wouldn't go to something what you're not bothered about. I'm not bothered. If someone said to me, "Oh, Maisie, do you want to go and watch this or some?" I go, "No, because I don't. I'm not interested. I don't care." Yes. Yeah, no, it is. And can England, or can football in this country, we always say whenever we know when we have the Olympics, we'll, you know, we should move on from that. And, uh, you know, when the World Cup goes to certain countries, that they should build on it from that. And we see so many times that countries don't. But I, I've i got a good feeling about this. I think that with Sky, as I say, doing the WSL, like you say, the FA... Um, channel you can you can see it all you know every game uh, the BBC shows some as well um, it can't be ignored now you know we can't we you know, they've won it like you say they have the girls have brought it home it cannot be ignored no it certainly can't be ignored and I think this tournament is going to grow the game massively um, I think there is still things that do need to improve because there will be, there will be some people who will fit, not care about it once the once the league is back on or just think oh I ain't got the time or they'll watch something instead or travel there'll be any kind of reason but I think it definitely will improve upon because even if you was for instance not even a and you was a neutral and you see. Mm. Mary Ertz, for instance, and you thought, oh, I liked her. And then you look at Man United tickets, six pound a ticket, see Mary Ertz. Yes, yeah. please. Yes. No, it, it, it is unbelievable. And like Terry said, I mean, we had a clash because we had the we had the England final, which kicked off what time it kicked off now? Um five o'clock. Five o'clock. And then we had Leicester playing Seville in a friendly, our big 
we always have one big friendly uh, at six o'clock. And we had Man United playing against Rayo uh, Valco at four o'clock. <laughs> and what we uh, well, Terry, me, we we both watched the uh, the England game, and you did as well. And that says a lot because I mean we could watch it on the Leicester City website free of charge. So even if we didn't go, you know, it was you could get to watch it. But you know, it, it, there's no way you're watching the final. If we'd have watched the Leicester game, which was one nil, and we hadn't watched that, we would have been sick. We really would have been. Uh, Scott, I think here he would have taken the five pound for the Crown Green Bowls. <laughs> like the game. Talk saying good evening, talk. How good the evening. devil are you? Do remember to check out Talk's um, channels, Football versus Cancer, on YouTube and also on um, Twitter as well. It's for a good cause. Um, Scott, watch 45 minutes of the final and then watch the Leicester game. You're getting it, Scott? Regretting it? I bet you are. I bet you are. Maisie, I mean... I've got to say to Lou, Lou's, Lou's still sort of got, got the old uh, the old COVID virus, um, so she's not been able to join us. But she didn't, she got, said it would be England-France in the final, but she did pick England to win. You did, I think, on yours. Did you pick it? I'm sure you picked England to win, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't yeah. bet England to lose at any point, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just been absolutely amazing tournament. And it, it, like I say, there's no jumping on the bandwagon because I think you need this sort of thing to... Um, oh, Terry's off. He says goodbye. Uh, see you at 9.30. Um, yeah. It, the, like I say, that, it's going to get other... You know, if it gets us as, as YouTubers covering it, that's going to help as well. It is. Yeah, definitely will do. It definitely will do because there isn't many channels who cover the women's game. They either just cover the men's or just cover the women's. Um, I know a United channel, all the United, don't know if, uh, cover both, but on different channels. Yeah. Whereas with the channel I had, that was the only cha- My channel was the only channel that I knew that covered both on one channel. Yeah, I mean, what, I mean, I think uh, Beyond the Ninety have a sort of a separate Leicester show as well for the women. Uh, but apart from that, I don't think think any of the others do anyway. Um, Maisie, thank you so much. Uh, we are going to be back at nine thirty. I'm going to be back with Josh. We're going to do our Premier League predictions about where we think everybody will will end up. Uh, somebody did say when I when I said that in in the chat in the show I did yesterday that United would get relegated. I don't think we're going to put you that far down, Maisie, but where... Have you, done, have you done a prediction yet? I have done my predictions, yes. And where, Man United and Leicester, where did you have us? I'm going to get my table right now because I've got it on my phone. Um, so, so I could keep track of it. So, uh, da, 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 da. I had Man United in fifth and I had Leicester in eighth. I've got to be totally honest with you. I wouldn't be far off that. Um, I think you've, you've, you've finally got a manager, a bit like Conte at Tottenham, that can actually hopefully be given time, but be given time by the fans. And I think that's more important, you know. I think um, he will be given time off the club. It's the matter of the fan base. Because 
our fan base is the most toxic fan base that I, mm. I've ever witnessed. I, I, you know what? Right, I, I'm just gonna slightly touch off topic. Dean Henderson does it. I said bad stuff about United. Yeah. Dean Henderson fans are sticking up for him. Rightly so. Well done. I think rightly so. Well done. But then them Dean Henderson fans are slagging off Ronaldo for what he's done. Ronaldo fans are saying, oh, Ronaldo, you can go if you want to go. You're the biggest club legend ever in Man United history. And then you've got the Dean Henderson fans who are saying, do one, uh, Ronaldo, but I'm do one with both. If you don't want to be at the club, bye. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, we, I we, I, this is what I say. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. If you're not... If you don't want to be at the club, I don't care how big you are, what you've done for us, you don't want to be for us, and you will agree as a Leicester fan for anyone who is in Leicester. If Chil- you don't want to play for us, you know, we're, we're saying, you know, we've, I've said to him on this show, put up or go away. <laughs> Not those weren't the words I said, but, you know, it's just, yeah, make, make your mind up. No no player is bigger than any club. Let's be exactly. honest with you, you know. But... Fifth, maybe, maybe I may have had you down as six. I, I did one, but it was so many, so many weeks ago. It was like you had no idea who was buying what and what have you. But we're doing it. At, we're doing it at nine thirty. Maisie, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to doing the WSL review every Monday night at nine once the season kicks off with you. Um, please, please tell everybody. We have got a link in the uh, YouTube chat below, as you are say one of our co-presenters, so it's there all the time. But just tell people where they can find you. And like I say, don't forget your double scores. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Chris. It's been great uh, discussing the game. I had to put on my Lionesses shirt, considering we won. Well, to uh, me, I did think it was a, 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 a Dutch shirt. Oh, look, it's our away shirt. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, orange our away colour? It's coral. Oh, of course it is. Coral, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like our away shirt last season. It wasn't it wasn't green. It was mint. You know? <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our purple shirt wasn't purple. It was like burgundy or something stupid <laughs> like that. And what what happened with those socks that you I saw England wear in one game? What they socks? were like multicolored. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off the socks. I wonder what's going on in the game. I was just transfixed by these socks running around the pitch. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Well, apparently, according to the website, it's coral. So it's coral. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, I have stopped you right re- uh, reading out where where people can find you. So do carry on. Uh, my YouTube channel is Devils United, Manchester United content for men and the women's football, and as well, um, my double scoring. Is at two underscores MUFC Maze on Twitter, uh, where you can catch me through there as well. So, uh, be, don't be like Chris um, and put the one underscore. It's the two underscores. It's longer. But it, when when you sent me the link, it, it looked like the two were joined together. Yeah, well, it, it is joined together, but it's it's longer than the one underscore. Well, to be honest with you, I didn't actually think about measuring it before I actually tried to follow you. But uh, I got there, much to your disgust, probably. But uh, Maisie, thank you so very, very much for coming on tonight. Really enjoyed it. Um, 
Maisie, Scott says here, Maisie normally makes a giggling appearance on most shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she's on this one. And I said, if I if I used your laugh on this show, I have to pay you. So I don't use it on shows. Yeah, you you, I said to Chris that he needs to start giving me commission. Yes, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good luck with the new job, of course. You know, Thank you. Um, good luck for the upcoming season. Um, we, we all hope. For as fans that we're going to not have the same mess that any of our clubs were in last season. But, uh, yeah, think exactly, exactly. Thanks very much, Maisie. Take care, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Yes, see you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. So thanks to Maisie. I mean, great. She, she knows her, her women's football. She knows her football. I'm not going to lie. She's And she's a great, great uh, friend of the show. And we thank her for coming on and um, having that chat with us. Oh, it's not that one. It's that one. There we go. If you can do what it says there, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. It would mean an awful lot. And don't forget, like I say, I think it is, let's have a look, it's September time, because the Women's Super League, obviously not having so many teams in it, is shorter uh, than the men's. But um, we kick off against Everton on the Sunday the 11th at 2 o'clock. And we, uh, we'll probably be doing a watch-along for that. And then on the Monday the 12th, we'll have the WSL review show. Monday night's a review night's on Less Until I Die. 7 o'clock is the Premier League review with, you remember, John Sinclair, ex-Leicester um, uh, um, broadcaster, will be joining us and Lou on that. And then 9 o'clock, Lou again and Maisie and, and the token male <laughs> to talk about it. Um, but no, thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Maisie's Lab is the best, definitely. Um, and as you say, um, guys, hit the like and subscribe to this channel, makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, Ravi, subscribe totally to, um, totally to the women's channel, um, to Maisie's channel. Sorry, it is uh, totally amazing. She's a lovely girl, lovely girl. I am going to be back at nine o'clock. No, I'm not, I'm going to be back at half nine when we will be talking um, predictions. Where are we going to put your team and where are we going to put Leicester? I've got Josh, you probably know him best as sports, yeah, on uh, Twitter. And uh, he'll be doing his and I'll be doing mine by the side. So that could be interesting. Thanks again to Majors. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And if you've been listening, thank you for lending me your ears. Take care. See you, see you in 34 minutes, guys. Remember what I say. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Goodbye now. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like the duo. I'll be back. Cool. I'm out of here. Ooh, that's a wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.